Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting dual purpose episode. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and we're recording this on behalf of my boss here today, the founder of Politicrossing.com, Chris Widener. We're also recording it for my podcast called The Thought Leader Revolution's Thought Leader Nuggets. I'm excited to have this talk here today. Welcome to the show, Chris. Nikki, I am not your boss, but I am certainly happy to be able to be here. You are fantastic. Always, You've been so good to me over the years and uh, always love spending some time with you talking about good stuff. Well, brother, when it comes to writing for Political Crossing, you are the big cheese and I am a staff writer. So there you go. Now, there you go. But listen, man, it's great to have you here. I'm excited to have you here because you right now are the driving force behind a very powerful, very exciting and very timely tour called the Freedom Tour. Could you go ahead and tell the folks all about the Freedom Tour? Yeah, absolutely. The American Freedom Tour is a tour that we're putting together. We're going to do four events before the end of this year. We're kicking off October 8th and 9th in Jacksonville. Then we're going to Columbus, uh, Ohio. Then we're going to Kansas City, Missouri. Then we're going to wrap the year up in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we hope to do 30 more cities next year in 2022. And it is a pro-America pro-family, pro-faith, pro-capitalism, pro-freedom conference. It is a positive, uplifting, inspiring conference for two days that allows conservatives to get together. You know, for five years, we've been told how bad we are, how horrible, xenophobic, transphobic, homophobic, sexist, racist, and all the other ists. And this is a chance for us to get together and say, you know what? America's great. Freedom is great. We're going to focus on the American dream and the positives that that come with freedom. So we're very, very excited about it. And we call it going on offense. We've been on defense too long. We're going on offense and we're going to start taking this from city to city and uh, planting a flag of freedom in every single city. You know, I really love it. But I do want to say, I think the Freedom Tour appeals to people who wouldn't consider themselves conservatives, too. There's a lot of folks that if you said to them, hey, are you a conservative? They'd probably say no. They'd be reluctant to call themselves that, but are very pro-freedom. And they are very anti the authoritarian impulses of the left because the left has gone absolutely crazy, insane, loco. And what they've done is they've taken the innate hate in their own hearts, and they're projecting it out to other people. See, they're pointing at at conservatives and other freedom lovers, but there's three fingers pointing back at them because the real hate is in their heart. The real racism is in their heart. Here's a statement from me, okay? Progressivism is racism, period. Progressivism is racism, period. If you believe in progressivism as it is practiced today, you believe in racism. That's the way I see it. And the only people that do not believe in racism are freedom lovers. And that's why I'm so excited about the American Freedom Tour. Now, this tour features some of the biggest luminaries in the freedom movement. Can you talk a bit about who the headliner for this first event is going to be? 
Yeah, we've got we've got five names that everybody's will have already known about. Donald Trump Jr., of course, uh, he's going to be there. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Dan Bongino, you remember Dan Bongino, of course. Uh, he's a, a Florida resident, so he's going to show up there in Jacksonville uh, with us. Uh, we've got Kaylee McEnany, the former White House press secretary. We've got uh, Sheriff David Clark, the uh, the former sheriff of Milwaukee. Uh, if you ever watch Fox News or, or Newsmax or any of those, you're going to see uh, you're going to see him on there quite regularly. And then lastly, the legend himself, Dinesh D'Souza, is going to be there as well. And then just tons of other speakers. Rabbi Daniel Lappin's going to be there. Um, and that's just at our first event. We're going to be bringing some of those back. We're going to bring them you know, off and on. Depends as we go forward. They're all busy people. But we're going to bring in uh, next year, Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro, uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, Charlie Kirk, some of those folks. We've got a great lineup across the cities and, and very excited about it. And of course, you're emceeing this, which is super, super cool. I will be emceeing it. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. So why is the American Freedom Tour so needed right now at this moment in time? What are people going to get out of attending the American Freedom Tour dates that you have scheduled on the calendar right now? I think, you know, obvious things like they're going to learn and they're going to grow. They're going to learn more about politics. They're going to learn more about messaging. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is they're going to have fun. I really believe that we need to get back to to um, having some fun and enjoying life and celebrating. And frankly, we've just been told for the last five years how horrible we are. And, and I think there's a lot of people uh, who've been sitting in their house for the last 18 months, watching the news, seeing themselves be called deplorables and rotten and, and Nazis and all these kinds of things. And the, the purpose for this tour is to give them a chance to show up, look around a room, see thousands of other freedom lovers and say, wait a minute, I'm on the winning side here. I'm on the majority. I'm not this bad, rotten person that the press has been telling me that I am for the last you know, five years and especially the last 18 months. So I think there's a certain aspect that one of the real values of it is just to get people out in a room and celebrating and reminding themselves that we're right. We've got the, the values and the ideas that will help uh, America become better and help any place those values are promoted get better. So I feel like it's sort of dual. You'll learn, you'll grow, but it's also just a day of inspiration. It's all of those things. You are going to learn, you are going to grow, and it is a day of inspiration. But I'll tell you what appeals to me about the American Freedom Tour, and especially this first date. One of the... Um, kind of mentors of the left has been a fellow by the name of Saul Alinsky, who wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. Now, I purchased that book, and he, he dedicated the book to Lucifer, to the devil. So that just tells you everything you need to know about this bitch. Excuse my French here. And, you know, this fella said, as one of his rules for radicals, that your job is to isolate your opponents and make them feel like they're alone, right? And that's this whole lockdown, scamdemic, pandemic, all that crap. You know, hey, I'm not saying there was no COVID-19. There was definitely a COVID-19. I'm not even saying there was no pandemic of it. There was definitely a pandemic of it. A lot of people got it. But what I am saying, Chris, is that these folks decided to use all this to isolate people. And when people feel isolated, they're not willing to speak up for their rights and speak up for their freedoms. So to me, what matters most about the American Freedom Tour is that you're getting like-minded people together in a room 
and they're not going to feel alone anymore. One of my famous, famous sayings, something I'm known for is I say, hashtag, don't do it alone. I say, hashtag, don't do 2020 alone. Don't do 2021 alone. Don't do hashtag, don't do 2022 alone. Hashtag, don't do life alone. Because Mm -hmm. the forces of darkness want you to feel like you're the only one. They want to shut you up. And the forces of good want you to get up and sing. Sing that song of freedom. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring from sea to shining sea. And let it start in the great state of Florida on October 8th. Yep. Absolutely. No, I I think you're 100% right. People feel isolated and alone. This allows them to look around and say, I'm not alone. And, you know, there's an old saying, I don't even know who, who said it first, but I heard it in the last year or so. And now I say it all the time. When we show courage, we give other people backbone. And I feel like when we show up and we put on this event, we're demonstrating courage and that's going to have a lot of people show up. And when they leave, they're going to have more backbone to stand up for, for conservative ideals and, and for right over wrong and for good over evil. Amen, brother. Amen. It's very important. And, you know, the ideals that you're talking about, to me, they're human ideals. You know, conservative ideals are what we're calling them now because it seems like people on the conservative side are the ones who are embracing them, but they're human ideals. Inside, inside the breast of every human being, beats the living heart of freedom, the desire to be free, the desire to live a life where they get to choose, choose how they live that life. And no oppressor, no overlord tells them, you must do this, you must do that. America was created on the ideal of freedom. America was created on the ideal of free expression. America was created on the ideal of free enterprise. These are the pillars of American greatness. That, with a belief in Almighty God, is what has made America the most exceptional nation on the face of the earth. And I say this as a proud Canadian, I love my country, but America is the one indispensable nation on on the face of this planet. Well, and I, I would also say this, Nikki, I would say this, that America is not a set of geographical boundaries. It is a set of ideological ideas. Exactly. That, that there are people who are citizens of the United States of America who are not Americans. And there are people who are not citizens of the United States of America who are Americans at heart, because it's not just a geographical boundary. It is a set of ideals and values and morals and and those kinds of things. And so I look at you as far more of an American, even though you're Canadian, I look at you as far more of an American than probably half the country now who, who doesn't believe in the ideals of America. Well, I'll tell you, I think um, there's far fewer than half the country that don't believe in the ideals of America. I think there's half the country that's been bamboozled, but I'd say it's probably 20% of America that doesn't believe in the ideals of America and 80% that does, especially once they're properly explained to them. But yes, I would agree with you. America is an idea. So you said it and you're in good company because Thomas Jefferson also said that. And, you know, it's pretty, pretty rarefied error to be breathing the same intellectual air as the great Thomas Jefferson. So good on you, mate. Good on you. No, this is great. But hey, I'm gonna, you know what? I want to tell you something I've been thinking about, Nikki, and it's very timely given this thing. And you mentioned it a little bit, the, the scam pandemic or pandemic or whatever. You know, what they're saying right now, it's really interesting. They're saying, well, isn't it good that we did vaccines for smallpox, right? That's what the left is saying now. They, they're like, we've had vaccines forever. These are the type of people that wouldn't want vaccines for smallpox, right? Well, mm. so I finally just did a little research. Do you know what percentage of people died when they got smallpox? 
30%. Wow. 30% of people who got smallpox died. So I did the math. If you had 5,000 people who got smallpox, 1,500 of them would die. If you had 5,000 people get the coronavirus or COVID, do you know how many people would die? One. So it's a little bit different, but you know, the left is really good at coming up with these little argumentative phrases and little also known as lies. Your opinion, huh? <laughs> also known as lies. Well, yeah, they're, they're lies, right? Um, but the fact is, is you know, I think all of us, if if thirty percent of people were dying from something, I think we'd all sign up for the mandatory vaccine. 100%. You know, if there were bodies, it wouldn't need to be mandatory. Yeah, right. It wouldn't even it wouldn't be, mandatory. be mandatory. Everybody'd be begging for it. Yeah, so you got to ask that question. But here's the thing that I say, okay? I'm I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine. I've taken all the vaccines I needed to take uh, when I was younger. But I will say this. When it comes to this particular vaccine, my decision around it is nothing I'm going to be talking about publicly. My decision Mm -hmm. around it is going to be based on my health and on the health of the members of my family who are vulnerable. I'm taking all of that into account, and I'll be doing what I need to do on that basis. And I'm not going to be trumpeting my decision. That's freedom, right? That's freedom. What I am opposed to is the government telling me or you or anyone else that you must do this. That I'm opposed to. I think that's wrong. You know, even if I end up taking the vaccine, um, what I will tell you is that I will never, ever, ever support a government forcing people who, for whatever reason, are choosing not to take it. And this- well, I even saw it on TV the other night. I saw a, a Stanford, a Stanford medical teacher, uh, professor, and then uh, next to him was a Harvard medical professor. Both of them were epidemiologists or, or something like that. So it was in their, you know, it was in their um, expertise. And they were both pro-vaccine, and they were both uh, pro this vaccine. But they were saying for anybody under like forty, it's absurd to get it. That's what these guys were saying. And they especially kids. And then they also came out and said, and medically, uh, due to the the oaths we take and the codes of ethics and things like that, no one should be mandated to get this thing. So I thought it was really interesting, very pro vaccine and pro this vaccine. But then just saying this has gone way too far. You can't mandate it. And it's especially for people under 40, I think is what they said. And especially for kids. It's absurd. There's there's literally virtually no risk. Honestly, in Canada, they're having kids over the age of 12 take it. Uh, and in my province of Ontario, you um, you can't even participate in a whole bunch of uh, activities and events in day-to-day life if you don't end up taking it. So it, it, it's one of those crazy things, man, as far as I'm concerned, that the government didn't really think this through. Either no. that or some evil people wanted to... Or, or maybe they did. Or maybe they did. <laughs> Or maybe they did, and there's some evil people out there who want all of us to. What do you want? You want ineffective, uh, ineffective, or evil? Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. I'll tell you, it's it, it's crazy stuff. Like I believe that um, there's people who want uh, vaccine to be ubiquitous because they're going to make a lot of money from it. That's what I believe. It's that simple. I mean, you don't have to look very far for motives. Um, yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm a businessman. I, I sell programs and products and I want to sell my programs and products to more people, but I don't want to sell my programs and products to people who don't have a need for it or who won't benefit from it. I certainly don't want to sell my programs and products if they're going to harm anybody in their interests. I wish somebody would mandate buying my books. I wish they, every yeah. American must go buy Chris yeah. Wagner's books. Hey, listen, you got to buy all Wagner's books. That's it. $200 are going to get shipped to you automatically. You're going to be chipped whether you bought Wagner's books or not. <laughs>
That's funny. You know what? Let's do a parody on that, Chris. We're going to do a parody on mandating. And then I won't ship them. And then they'll complain. And I'll just say, uh, you know, too bad for you. Sit down, shut up, put your mask on. You know? <laughs> I tell you, that'd be a nice little bit to do on stage, Chris. You know, at the yeah, American probably. Freedom Tour. Just do a bit. You're going to have you're going to have someone be the president. And they're introducing the Buy Widener book mandates. <laughs> you know, that could be a great way to start off the American Freedom Tour. Well, we, we thought about we thought about doing a, a phony, you know, as a joke, an American tyranny tour, you know, featuring uh, Rachel Maddow and, uh, you know, Chris Matthews and, uh, you know, the weightlifter in chief over at CNN. And, and then oh. we would charge them all their money. And then on the day of the event, it would just say, sorry, we decided not to hold this. Sit down, shut up, put your mask on, plebe. And uh, see how they responded. And we'll just, we'll just yeah, exert tyranny and tell them, that'd we took funny. your money. What are you going to do about it? But you, you know what? Make these that guys a- don't care about health. If these guys cared about health, they would do something. Now they're talking about if, if you get COVID and you're unvaccinated and you come to a hospital, you should not be let in. Well, okay. So are we going to do that to fat people when they have a heart attack? Somebody has a heart attack and they're dragging they them to the hospital. That. Well, you ate too much. Sorry, buddy. You're just going to have to have your heart attack out there. It's your fault. Yeah, no, that that's that that's not going to happen. Anybody tries to do that, they're going to get sued and they're going to lose big yeah. time. Uh, there's no question. But, you know, there is a comedian um, who you ought to get for one of your shows. His name is Kayvon, K-V-O-N, KayvonComedy.com. He's a he's a one of us. Let's leave it at that. I've, I've used him to do some Zoom bits. But, man, you should bring him on the American Freedom Tour. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send him to you. He's hilarious. And he makes fun of Biden left, right, and center on YouTube. The Kayvon Comedy Channel on YouTube is so oh, fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, he's great, man. He's great. He, he'd be a great dude to have on the American Freedom Tour. I'll connect you guys together. Um, so, um, Chris, it's it's been a ton of fun having you uh, here on the show today. This is going to go up on Politicrossing. I'm also going to have it go into the Thought Leader Nuggets episode. That's the second episode I do every week. This is the episode where usually it's me solo, but the last few I've been interviewing people and basically they bring in one nugget of thought leader wisdom to give to the people. So as we close things off, you know, this American Freedom Tour is also a fantastic piece of branding for you personally and for the for Politicrossing, the property that you've created, you know, the website that is the intersection of faith and culture. Could you just give us one last nugget around how this has helped you raise your own profile in a way that's beneficial to you as a thought leader? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'll tell you, it's sort of a uh, an updated version of what I did in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, I owned a company called Made for Success, and they're still around. I sold it to my business partner in 2009. Um, and in the in the two from 2002 to 2010, my career just shot up, and and for a number of reasons. One, I worked with Zig Ziglar. I had a television show with Zig Ziglar, the greatest legendary you know motivational speaker. I spent seven years working with a guy named Jim Rohn. Uh, and then I worked with a guy named John Maxwell, and and that really helped my career. But one of the significant things I did was um, I licensed hundreds of audio programs from professional speakers, many many famous ones. In fact, almost all the famous ones, down to people you've never heard of, but they're you know just really great. Every box it had fifteen, uh, it had fourteen CD CDs and one DVD. 
And we sold about 50 to 75,000 boxes a month through Costco and Sam's Club. And on the cover of every box, it had four names on it. Um, but these were big boxes. I mean, giant boxes. And uh, we sold those through Costco and Sam's Club, 50 to 75,000 boxes a month. They had four names on the cover. It was three famous guys and me. So I would put, you know, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, Dennis Waitley, and Chris Widener. And so it was a branding for me. I was not only making money by selling, it was also branding for me. So as I enter into the political world, and I've basically decided that I'm probably shooting my non-political speaking career in the foot, uh, because you know how the left likes to cancel people. But, uh, but I'm going to be speaking in the conservative world and this is going to really be very good for my brand is to be associated as the, the president, founder of American Freedom Tour, as the MC at every event. I'll also probably be doing a little bit of speaking at the event as well. Um, but just to position myself, never underestimate the ability of uh, or the power of positioning yourself alongside of other people who are further along than you in the political speaking world. All of those names that I mentioned earlier, they're further along than I am. And so um, they're kind of giving me a hand up by me positioning myself alongside of them. Now my name will be branded alongside of them. And that's a great idea, uh, whether you're a dentist or a chiropractor or a CEO or a sales guy or, you know, a car dealer. Position yourself alongside of, of other people who will sort of lend you their influence and their credibility. It's fantastic, fantastic as a piece of advice for any thought leader listening to this show. You know what? One of the things that really helped me when I was getting started off in the podcasting space was that I had a bunch of friends who were much more well-known than I was in the thought leadership space. One of them was Chris Widener. And you came on my show. I think it was show number eight or 10 or 11 or something like that. And people didn't know who I was, but they knew who you were. And as a result of that, I got a lot more credibility and I got a lot more listeners at that time. And it helped me elevate my profile. So I thank you for well, that. Let me, let me tell you a story. I'll tell you something that a, a guy taught me 25, 30 years ago. It was using newspaper, uh, using, using magazine articles. Um, but you could do it in an updated version through podcasting, or you could still do magazine articles. So his strategy was really interesting. He, he would go to the number one magazine in his industry. He would say, I'm doing an interview with these four people. And he would pick the biggest people in the industry. So it doesn't matter if it's even a small industry or a giant industry. He just picked the three or four most influential celebrity status kinds of people in that industry. He went to the magazine and said, I'm going to interview these guys for an article. Would you like to run it? And they all go, oh, we'd love it, right? Because it's these four big names or celebrities. Then he would go to the celebrities and say, I'm doing an article for such and such magazine, and I'd like to interview you for it. And each one of those people went, oh, that's the biggest magazine in our industry. Yes, I would love to be interviewed by you. And so he, he sort of got both to agree because of their mutual benefit. And then he positioned himself as the purveyor of truth, as sort of the kingmaker kind of person. And it was a brilliant strategy. You know, you could do that. Uh, you could still do that with magazine articles, probably online articles would probably be the, the best way to do it. But you can position yourself alone. And then what happens? Now you're, now you're talking to the CEOs of these companies in your industry, the four biggest companies in your industry, interviewing them for the article. Now you 
get to talk to them? Do you ever bring speakers in for your events? Well, as a matter of fact, we do. Well, I've done a ton of research in our industry and I'd be a great speaker for you. And now the CEO goes, I'm going to bring this guy in. So there's just tons and tons of ways that you can do that by positioning yourself alongside of, of other people who will lend you their influence and their credibility. I love it, man. I think that's very, very good advice. And, you know, for me, using my relationships to position myself has been a strategy that I've used. And I think what you're saying right now, what you're doing with the American Freedom Tour is a great way to do it. Chris, man, it's been great interviewing you. I'm looking forward to putting this up on Politicrossing and also to having it on my podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution in the Thought Leader Nuggets. And uh, brother, can't wait to interview some of the other folks that are going to be part of the American Freedom Tour. We'll have them all on Politicrossing, obviously. We'll also bring a bunch of them on to the uh, Thought Leader Nuggets. In fact, here's what I'm prepared to do. I won't do any of my solo Thought Leader Nuggets between now and October the 8th. I'll just interview people for the American Freedom Tour for you. So get those folks lined up for me. Let's get it all going. And then, you know what, once uh, once it's up and running in a big way, I think that'll that'll help maybe get some more people. Believe it or not, even though I am in Canada, most of my listeners are in America. So, you know, I'm I'm more I'm more followed in America than I am in Canada. So that's a good thing. You're probably going to get a bunch of people who are going to want to go to the show that way. Awesome. Awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having uh, me. Look forward to it. Look forward to doing this again with you real soon. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 